This episode is brought to you by VinSmart. Need help with your recall campaigns? DMVs, government agencies, fleet owners can learn more by visiting vinsmart.com slash businesses or call 1-888-950-9550. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. This week, we are going to revisit a topic we've talked a good bit about on some previous episodes, and that is mobile driver's licenses. However, we're going to talk about a specific part of mobile driver's license, and that is an announcement that came out uh, a couple of months ago now that a number of AMVA member states are working with um, Apple and TSA on a specific pilot for MDL. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that, what it means, and we're going to talk to one particular state that's involved with it, Arizona. So joining me this week to talk about this is Eric Jorgensen. Eric is the director of the Motor Vehicle Division at the Arizona Department of Transportation. Eric is also a member of both the Region 4 Board of Directors and the AMVA Board of Directors, um, in fact, the newest member of the Executive Committee. Eric, welcome to your first appearance on the AMVAcast. Hey, thanks, Ian. First time listener, long time. No, wait, that goes the other way. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad you're here. So when this announcement came out, uh, late August, early September, um, it really gave a real jolt into the MDL conversation internationally, obviously with uh, talking with a household name like like Apple. Um, a lot of folks are wondering, what, what does it mean? What does it look like? But I think the best place to start is that the whole conversation around the work with Apple and TSA is a very specific use case for MDL. This is not solving for MDLs globally, but it's really trying to pilot something very specific. So why don't we start there and you tell us what that means? So, you know, I was really excited to, to um, you know, talk with Apple and, and start having this discussion because like you said, it's a household name. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all for a long time seen all the many benefits that come from mobile driver license and uh, mobile identity, right? And to to us, it, it, it's great. It's obvious. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Let's get it moving forward. I, I think to have Apple involved, what it does is, is it takes it to that next level. And, and they're doing it, I think, the right way to say, hey, we're going to start with one use case. Mm -hmm. We're going to get it right with one use case. And they picked a great use case, right? I mean, TSA, getting through the airport, I think that's probably where most of us use our driver's licenses most, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're using <laughs> you're it with law enforcement, roadside, yeah. we have a different issue with you. So I, I think that that level of visibility, that, that, that level of, of reach into people's lives, and that level of, of um, familiarity with, with a company like Apple is, is fantastic to move the, the MV, MDL discussion mm -hmm. forward. So what, what has it meant for you to work with a, frankly, an international icon like, like Apple? Well, it's, it's been a great, great experience because, uh, you know, they're, they're a company that I, I, I think that they've been vocally dedicated to, to the same three principles that we want to be dedicated mm -hmm. to, right? Privacy, security, and customer experience. Mm -hmm. and, and they have some clout in all three of those. Right. And, you know, actually our customer experience, as much as 
I know that's, you know, we want to have a good one. It's really not what we're known for. So that, that ability to, to work with a company that really is known for yeah. customer experience, that's been really cool. The other thing is, you know, they're, you know, they're really good at what they do and they push to do it right. Mm -hmm. And to have that, that push back and forth between us of, yes, you know, that's a great direction and, and, um, and here's the law and here's what we have to do. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, them challenging us on, on, um, you know, pushing the boundaries and us challenging them at the same time to do, to do similar things. It's been a very good give and take between us and Apple. And uh, you know, there's a little bit of prestige being able to say, yeah, we work yeah. with a company like Apple. Sure. It is, it's really been fun. And, and what about the uh, other leg of that stool, TSA? Have you had to work directly with TSA yet? Or has that been more that Apple has dealt? I mean, we work with TSA obviously all the time. But as it relates to this particular project, are you working with them directly? Or is Apple handling that side of the equation? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we're, we're working more and more with TSA. Had some very good conversations with them. Good to see them, you know, dedicated to, to this as well. And, and um, really concerned with making sure that this is a good experience mm -hmm. for customers and that the message that comes from them, from Apple, and from the states are, are all consistent with each other. And that's, that's where a lot of our focus has been, is, is making sure that the, the, the messaging as, it, as we get towards a, a, a go live mm -hmm. is uh, consistent and understandable by, our, by the public. Now, to be clear, it, it wasn't Apple's call to you that decide, made Arizona decide to get into the MDL game, into the MDL world. You were already heading in that direction, and you already had a parallel product. Would that be the best way to describe what Arizona was already doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, this uh, you know, we all recognize the, the great value that comes out of mobile identity. And Arizona actually, several years ago, um, with our, our partner Idemia, uh, started using what what was then called EID, mm -hmm. uh, and that was it was basically a mobile driver's license without the driver's license. Mm -hmm. Still, all the identity checking, the biometric binding, you actually used your driver's license to establish it in the first place. It's still bound back to our photos, and we use that to uh, unlock services on our web portal, mm. and. You know that really gets to the to the heart of identity, and that's that's the the great things that it can do is make sure that uh, we recognize our customer is who they are, and, and then can serve them better. So for years we've been working with with that product. Uh, in April we had upgraded that to um, the mobile ID, which included the driver's license itself. Mm -hmm. uh, March April time period. And um, have, have been have had that live in Arizona uh, for oh, where are we going on six, seven, eight months now, mm -hmm. um, which has also been a, a fantastic experience, mm -hmm. right? To to be able to to have that to to find ways to use and engage with with the mobile driver's license there. So yeah, I think we've been we've been committed to it to a long time, and actually all the prep work that went in on those and all the thinking that we had to do with those, I think that's what what made it good for us and Apple. It yeah. made it for a good match there because we'd already gone down uh, a lot of these these paths and understood where we where we needed to be with a lot yeah. of this. Now, the work you did with your previous product, I think, is probably 
um, more similar to, I think, what most of the community has been thinking thus far around what a mobile DL might look like, where it's a it's an app on your phone that contains all the data of your of your driver's license. Uh, now that you're talking to Apple, and that Apple has so much functionality already built into their devices, what's that conversation? Is this an, an Apple app? Is it built into something that is native to the phone? How is that going to work? Yeah, I mean, you think about Apple Pay as it exists today and that ability to use your credit card at different places, put this mm-hmm. into your wallet. Um, that That's how, you know, this this is is being framed as this is an, an addition to your wallet, your Apple wallet, which is fantastic, right. making it native to the to the, the hardware there. So it's a, it's a great way. It's different than the app. Uh, you know, our, our right. existing one is the app. And, and um, you know, apps have their pros and cons. And, and uh, this is just a kind of a different way to approach it. And so if I am the, if I am a Arizona resident, well, in fact, I am a resident of another state that is part of this pilot. So I may be able to be an early user of it. Um, you, when I do Apple Pay and I put that into my wallet, I physically enter the credit card information in it, then it logs into Apple Pay. If I put a boarding pass into my Apple wallet, I first go to the app of the airline and tells it to send it over to the wallet. What's gonna be the, the similar, is there a similar process there now for the MDL to go into the wallet? Does the holder of the phone have to get it from somewhere else and put it into the wallet? Or do you, as the issuer of the credential, do that for me, the customer? So, uh, the process is, is, you know, think about how you add a, if you're familiar with it, how you add a credit card to your wallet today. Right. You know, you, you tap the plus button, yep. um, it'll, it'll walk you through some steps to get there, which will include, you know, taking that picture of your driver's license and taking a secure selfie of yourself and then having that sent to us to, you know, verify and match up and make sure, which then allows us to issue the, the, uh, pass the driver's license to the wallet. So I'm the, I, t- I use my phone, I take a picture of my driver's license, I enter the data to Apple, Apple sends it to you, you say, they say, does this match what you have on file? The person with the phone has taken a picture, you're matching that against what you have on file, and if that all pans out, you then send the new, if you will, MDL back to Apple to put on the wallet, seamless to the, to the user, but that's all that's happening behind, behind the scenes. Yeah. So when you, that is issued back to Apple, uh, but it is no longer, as I understand it, it's then no longer a picture of the driver's license. So even though I, the holder, have taken a picture of the driver's license for you to be able to do the vetting, the end product is nothing like a picture of the driver's license. I mean, I think as we've looked at the, what, what mobile driver's license mean as, as a community, I mean, our, our focus has really been on the fact that it isn't just looking at something and seeing a picture of it. Right. All, the, all the power of a mobile driver's license is in the, the fact that we can authenticate it and we can authenticate it real time mm-hmm. and it can be matched to what's, what exists currently in the system, that it's signed cryptographically mm-hmm. and that we can verify that signature along the way. And so the real the real beauty of any MDL really should be that it is device to device communication right. and and that's what makes it secure and and private and and reliable. 
So obviously when the announcement went out, there was a lot of tension. Was there a lot of attention in Arizona? Did you start, customers start calling up? How quickly can I get this? What was, what was the reaction and the buzz that followed? Sure. I mean, that's always fun, right? Because you know that that one's going to generate a lot of buzz. Apple makes an announcement people notice. Um, so there, there, sure, there was a lot of people reaching out to us. There was positives and negatives. I um, you know, had uh, other jurisdictions calling in and saying, hey guys, what are you doing there? We, 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 want, we want to understand this. Um, so it, it's been fun. Uh, we had some interesting uh, feedback. Uh, we had one one comment, probably the most interesting comment I saw on a, on, a, on a news article, one of the comments below was, if you think I'm sending my picture to the government, you're crazy. <laughs> I thought, you know, I, I feel, yeah. take a look at that driver's license. The picture I already um, have, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I think it's been very positive, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's, people have been looking at it. And the, the, again, that, that's part of the, Apple's um, um, benefit to this is that, that they make it normal. This is a normal thing now to, to say, oh, yeah, mobile driver's license. That just makes sense. That's sure. yeah, Apple's doing it. Well, yeah, if everything else is already there on the phone. I mean, even, you know, we've had these conversations with Apple and we've recognized for a while now, it's the last missing piece of the Apple wallet. Everything else you need to throw your physical wallet away is there. Apple Pay is there. Your membership cards are there. Everything that, you know, especially, you know, us guys used to have these giant thick wallets that you used to sit on and make your back bad because of it, right? It's all there. This is the last piece of that electronic wallet. So, you know, what, what do you think that means, even moving beyond this use case in this pilot? Uh, you already had the parallel EID type product. Forget this use case for, for a moment and talk to me about your vision of what this means for long-term digital identity, mobile driver's license, assuming this use case proves successful. What, what's this the building block toward? So regardless of who's, who's providing it, you know, whether it's Apple or any of our providers, um, when, you, when you think about what does this enable us to do in the future, we focus a lot right now on physical presentation, right? I'm at the TSA, I'm, I'm tapping my phone at the TSA to, to board, or uh, even our normal law enforcement interactions that at some point I'm somehow transmitting that to law enforcement, or I'm at the um, supermarket and I need to prove my age to purchase alcohol, or you know, anything like that. Those are all great use cases and it's how we've used uh, driver's licenses for decades. Mm -hmm. I think that the real game changer around this is when we start being able to prove our identity remotely. And that's actually what Arizona has used it for, right, is, is to be able to log into our website remotely and to be able to authenticate the customer or to be able to, and not just for Arizona Motor Vehicle Division, but for other state agencies, for other local agencies, for other private entities to start to use this in a way that allows them to not have us be physically present as a customer, but still be very sure that we are who we say we are mm -hmm. and authorize us to do things that we, we haven't even thought about yet as, as, oh, that now can be a remote transaction. Mm -hmm. um, I also, it, it's gotta help with security and identity because eventually, if we can get to a point where where 
knowledge has nothing to do with proving identity anymore. No, no more usernames, no more passwords, no more, hey, I know my social security number and, and now I can apply for a loan. Then the, uh, the, not only are we more secure from an identity theft perspective, mm-hmm. we also become more secure because there's no reason for, for criminals to go after that information, right? So we get a, a modicum of privacy back because why, why collect and store all that information if that's not how we're proving what our identity mm-hmm. is? I think it kind of shifts everything around uh, how we do identity today. But you would still you would still need some of that at the outset of creating the identity because you need you need something that says that carbon based thing in front of me is you Eric or is me Ian that makes us unique to holding that digital identity. And that's the role that we continue to play. I think that's that's the that's the importance of the work that we do is to still at the very outset the establishment of that identity mm-hmm. to be able to to have a, phys- a link between the physical and the digital world. And that's what MVD or DMVs across right. the country provide, right? Yeah. Is, is that linkage between those two. So I, I want to I shift gears a little bit only because I heard you talking recently and it was really interesting and I've got you here. You're, you're doing something else uh, besides this thing with Apple that I found fascinating, which is what you're referring to as a remote customer service agent, customer service representative, remote CSR. Uh, tell our listeners about that. I don't know that anybody else, if not many, are exploring this concept. So this was, this was a, a little pipe dream of mine that, that we've been working on for a couple of years. Um, we, we, we would run into these problems where um, it started with running into problems where I needed to get a CSR from one location to another. This mismatch between where my customers were in any given point in time and where my my employees were, where my team members were, and not being able to serve. And we said, well, wouldn't it be great if we could just, you know, flip on a screen and have them appear in a different location? Um, we started working working this concept. And right now we have a pilot going between three offices where that's exactly what we do. Uh, you could sit down in one of those offices, you can hit a button and it'll ring up uh, one of the customer service representatives in one of the other offices. And they'll be able to, you know, it's like standing in line and put you into a, a queue to be served. Mm-hmm. And it allows them to then come on screen to push documents to you, for you to fill out those documents electronically, for you to uh, upload documents to us. Um, via scanner that's there at the station mm-hmm. and, and be able to, to serve that way. And then as we, we recognize that's great, we also recognize that there are entire locations that don't have offices. You know, there are cities around Arizona that don't have an office. So we started working with some of those to say, well, would you be able to host one of these uh, kiosks mm-hmm. uh, in your area and then we'll we'll be able to serve your customers. Right. And so we've been working with some local governments to do something very similar. So it's almost like a, a kiosk with live video conferencing for a CSR to walk the customer through using the kiosk. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then having some the necessary peripherals to be able to do things like take photos and signatures, mm-hmm. collect payment, and uh, do the scanning. Right. But all all built into a, a super kiosk, if you will. Yeah, kiosk yeah. workstation. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, it's not the ones that are in offices right now aren't hardened into that like kiosk. Sure, it's not in a shell, whatnot. It's you know the 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 equipment is all there. Just the person is somewhere else, 
And how's that, how are customers reacting to that experience? Uh, yeah, actually, most of them are, are uh, a, a little surprised by it at first, but yeah. then the experience is flawless or seamless enough, not yeah, flawless, but seamless enough that um, we actually get very good response. And, and when I've shown it to um, like local officials who would like to have something there, I think often they come in a little skeptical with like, mm -hmm. ah, my people really don't like computers and you know, it's a, it's a rural area. It's yeah. a, um, and then they, they, they look at how easy the transaction is and they're like, oh, I want one of those. Yeah. And so it's been a really good reception to it. Well, culturally, it's almost it's a nice bridge between obviously the continued push to online transaction, but the folks that maybe aren't ready to go online, but allows you some of the operational efficiencies to get, you know, staff where you need them to be, but also culturally those folks who go and say, oh, well, maybe the technology isn't all bad. I shouldn't be so scared of it. It's almost an in-between step for them. Well, and, and that's the thing that self-service isn't a binary, you self-served or somebody served you, right? I mean, there are so much, so many options in between there to say, how do we get the customer to do as much as we can? Like the data entry yeah. on an application, even if they're sitting there, they do the data entry on that application, and then we'll finish up with whatever they're unable or, or, or not comfortable doing. And what about your staff? How have they reacted to serving customers in this way? I mean, they must have thought you were a little bit crazy when you suggested this idea. You know, I, I, I've over the years gotten a lot of, are you replacing me with a robot? <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, I, we're gonna use technology to do, to do so that robots do the robot work and yeah. humans do the human work. And there's some important human work that needs to be done where we don't have humans there. So yeah. let's, do, let's do this. Let's use technology to, to help the humans do the human work. And uh, th they get excited about it. I mean, they, they love being part of this, uh, this test group. Uh, sometimes the testing, you know, early stages, it, it takes longer to do it that way yeah. while you're trying to work the bugs out. And, and uh, there was a little bit of uh, sometimes when things got busy, you know, uh, can we just turn this off for a little bit? Nope, nope, we're going to test through <laughs> it. But even, even now, I mean, we actually have gotten to a point where the transaction time is equivalent. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny because part of that reason is um, you actually get a little less chit chat between the customer and the and the CSR uh, because there's a little bit of friction for that kind of chit chat with it being right, a video you don't screen. Have the usual niceties when yeah. you're just you know I mean we've experienced that everywhere the last year and a half right you just you get on the Zoom or you get on your your Teams meeting and it's right to business you're not well, doing the chit chat exactly and COVID's kind of made this normal right oh so. for sure <laughs> for sure for sure. Um, so I just want to, I will loop back just to the, to the original conversation because I didn't ask you about timeline. Obviously, you're working closely with Apple and, and TSA, a lot of behind the scenes work. I would imagine a lot of IT development that you probably can't even talk about uh, today. Maybe in the future you can share with the world. But, you know, any idea of what the timeline is of when this might be coming out that folks in Arizona or folks like me that are in other participating states might actually be able to load this onto the phone? Yeah, there's been no formal announcement yet. It is coming and it's not, it's not, it's not super far away, but it's coming. It's not years away, but it's more than weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, Eric, I appreciate you spending some time with us today to talk about 
both projects, one I told you we were going to talk about and one I didn't. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back again as, you know, more of this project develops and becomes more publicly available for folks to use. I know there's a lot of folks excited about it, and I think it's going to really, you know, move things, as you say, a little more rapidly and move that MDL development uh, even faster. And I think even makes, you know, on this previous episode of the Amphicast, I spoke with Lofi and Mike about the new ISO standard. I'd imagine you guys are following that and making sure that all the protocols between Apple, TSA, and you are following the ISO standard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's great. Well, thanks again for your time. Uh, thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. And until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for Amvacast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VinSmart. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.